0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This segment is brought to you by the Zuckerberg Institute. You're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. Welcome back to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. To all those who have served and those who continue to serve, happy Veterans Day. Thank you so much for your service. On today's show, we are talking all about leading through crisis. I recently had the chance to speak with John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods, all about his own leadership journey and how to lead during difficult times. I had a great time speaking with him. I know you'll enjoy I'm so excited to have the opportunity today to speak on Zoom with John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods that has over 500 locations across the United States. John is a friend, a fellow board member of mine, and the author of the new book, Conscious Leadership, Elevating Humanity Through Business. This book it's incredible. It's a follow up to his bestseller, Conscious Capitalism, which revealed what it takes to lead a purpose-driven, sustainable business. John, thank you so much for joining today.
1: Thanks for having me on the show, Randy.
0: So let's go way back. What what compelled you to start Whole Foods, and uh, tell me a little bit about where you were in your life and what you felt was missing from the marketplace?
1: Uh, well, I wasn't thinking about the marketplace at all. I was just passionate about natural and organic foods, living a healthier lifestyle. And uh, I'd had a food awakening when I was 23. I moved into this vegetarian co-op and became the food buyer for the co-op. I learned how to cook and I had found my purpose in life. Although of course I didn't know it at that time. So starting the store was just something my girlfriend and I did almost kind of as a a lark. Uh, We just thought it'd be fun. We did. We would, We did not examine the marketplace and ask. You know, can we build a great chain of stores? We opened one store, learned some things, made a lot of mistakes, relocated that store, went through a flood, which caused us to open a second store, and we just kept opening stores because they were almost. They were all successful, and uh, just had a blast. And that's forty-two years in counting.
0: <laughs> well, congrats. I feel like the best, the best businesses always start that way. You can't, you can't go into a business thinking you're going to create a global empire. You have to kind of do it out of love, but were there, you might, there, you might be able
1: to do that. Maybe <laughs> brother did, but most people
0: <laughs> kind of bad to do it. <laughs> uh, were there any moments along the way that you kind of felt like, wow, I think we're really onto something. Like what were those markers?
1: I think that's happened a lot of uh, several different times because of different stages along the way. Honestly, when we relocated our small store, um, merged with another nat- small natural food store, and changed the name to Whole Foods Market back in 1980, that store took off like a rocket. We were we became the highest volume natural food store in the United States in about six months after opening. And I thought, oh my God, this business could be incredible. And then. I think the next sort of when we went to California, our first store in Palo Alto in 1989. And I thought, wow, if we can be successful in Northern California, we can be successful anywhere. And that store did very well, which led to Berkeley and then Mill Valley. And uh, we began to, we took venture capital money in, and I thought we might be able to grow this into a national chain. So, uh, and then going public when we did our IPO in 1992, that gave us access to a lot more capital, and then we thought we could be a national company, and uh, yeah, we are. So there have been a lot of a lot of stages along the way where our confidence increased, and our our concerns of being overwhelmed or are beaten in the marketplace began to, to to wither.
0: Absolutely, and I I still shop at that Palo Alto store almost every week. So uh,
1: <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell <laughs> you. I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, that was the first 20 year lease we signed back in 1989. And I remember signing a 20 year lease because you know, you got to pay the rent for 20 years, even if the store is not successful. And I remember thinking at the time to myself, wow, 20 years, 20 years. Will we still be in business? Will I be doing this in 20 years? Will that lease ever expire? Because it seems so long in the future. And that lease expired 11 years ago. We've had to renew it. Twice since then,
0: Wow, so well, time passes amazing time time does pass so fast. John Mackey, you've had a front row seat to how um, consumer trends in food have changed over the decades. Um, I'm curious what has surprised you the most about uh, you know human food consumption and and what what trends um, you know what what trends are the most interesting to you over the years?
1: one thing that's interesting we've had a lot of counter trends so you have trend in one direction trends in another direction so i'll give you an example of that um one trend is to eat more and more processed foods and uh in an obesity crisis has come along with it because when i was a little boy um obesity was rare it was the kind of thing when a if a child saw a fat person, you know, they might point and say, look, look, mommy, that man's really fat. And, and that because that was when it was relatively rare. And but statistically now we're looking at a 70% of American adults are overweight and 42 and percent are obese. Think about that. Almost 50% of the adults in America are obese, not just fat, but obese. And that trend line has not stopped. And that's but that's there's counter trend lines like there's been this entire food awakening to natural and organic people eating healthier people eating more plant-based people eating more local foods um, uh, the whole foodie revolution the ethnic food revolution farmers markets so you have all of these different trends that are going on I mean one trend I'll give you an example is just the food entrepreneurship today is incredible how many businesses start up that are That changed things like more recently, uh, Beyond Meat opening up and creating a new category on plant based uh, meats. Uh, But craft beers, I mean, that whole thing, there were no craft beers really. I mean, I remember when Sam Adams was the craft beer 20 years ago. And now you can get craft beers in absolutely every city in the United States with their, their high quality. America, if you traveled in Europe 20 years ago, people would laugh at you because your beer was so bad because it was just kind of Budweiser and Schlitz and, and Pabst and sort of watered-down lagers. And uh, today, I think the best beer in the world is in the United States. And that's true of many other things. Uh, our wine, all the alcohol, craft alcohols, but food entrepreneurs, farmers, um, we are making some of the most interesting foods. Plus, America's a food melting pot, From all the ethnic cuisines come here if you go to italy mostly people eat italian food if you go to um, greece you're going to get greek food you come to the united states and you can get every kind of food including different combinations of it there the ethnic foods are mixing together here and coming up with whole new categories of foods so very creative lots of food trends going on lots of mixed messages really in a lot of ways
0: i mean i even remember a decade ago um, with the trend of moving away from cow milk, um, whole foods was the only, the first and only place that you could go in the coffee shop to get something with almond milk or, or plant-based milks. And now, you know, uh, look at every coffee shop around the country. So it's really,
1: I just had a friend open up a vegan coffee shop.
0: Originally. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's incredible that you've been on top of so many trends for, for so many years. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on Sirius XM Business Radio 132. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. Thrilled to be speaking with John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods and author of the new book, Conscious Leadership. So John, when you when you wrote the book, you probably or when you were in the process of writing it, you probably didn't think that we were heading into a year of a global pandemic of um, such divisive, polarizing political times and issues around race. So what is it like leading one of the largest companies in our nation during such difficult times right now?
1: Well, I think I speak for most of your listeners that 2020 has been, you know, overall a terrible year. I mean, it's the, one of the worst years of my life, if not the worst year of my life. Uh, I mean, I'm in good health. Uh, if I've had the virus, I'd, I was asymptomatic. If I've gotten it, uh, it hasn't affected me personally in terms of my health, but uh, if anything, I double down on on living health more healthy to get my immune system stronger. But it's been very disruptive for Whole Foods. I mean. We're fortunate that we've been as a supermarket's been an essential business. We didn't get shut down, and but it's very different Whole Foods today than it was nine months ago. Everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's social distancing. People aren't touching each other. There's no Whole Foods is a huggy culture. Nobody's hugging. Um, people are scared, and uh, uh, our business is weird because. Our prepared foods dropped 75% because nobody was coming in to get salad bar and hot bars because those were closed down. Uh, But our meat, seafood, produce, grocery, they all all went way up. But the biggest change was we went from, uh, well, our online delivery sales have tripled. They're up up 3x since what they were a year ago pre-COVID. So we've had a big shift to people ordering stuff, mostly to be delivered. That's a huge change in the business model. And and honestly, a lot, you know, if you're a Prime member, you're getting that delivery for free, but I assure you, it is not free for us to do it. It's very expensive to do delivery.
0: I'm sure, how do you keep everyone motivated and excited when there's just kind of this culture of fear everywhere this year?
1: I don't the, the short answer is you don't. Um, but what you can do is what we've done is we put our safety of our of our customers and team members first.'ve we've, we've been recognized repeatedly as the safest supermarkets in the United States during this COVID period. So we put safety first. Um, the main thing is that you have to see the virus as something that's temporary. This is not a permanent condition. Hum, humans have been dealing with viruses for our entire evolutionary history. And this will pass, although it seems like it's taking forever. And and uh, I have to admit, I was one of the ones that hoped it would be something and we got passed in the summer, but that was not the case. But it, we, we will we will get through COVID. And I'd be very surprised if a year from now, we're not pretty much back to normal. But I, but I may be wrong. But the point of it is, is that you have to see it as, a, as, a, as an abnormality, not as the new normal, because... We don't want to spend the rest of our lives in masks. We want to we want to hug each other and play and be, and we want to go to restaurants and have fun. And and we want to, we're humans, we're social animals. We can't continue to live like this. So the way you keep people inspired is you talk about higher purpose. You, you remind people that we're trying to keep them safe and that this too will pass. This too will pass. We'll never forget 2020. We'll always be... Telling those stories, ten years from now, twenty years from now, remember 2020. But it'll pass, and uh, humans will be what, do what humans do, and we'll we'll move on, and we'll get past this. Hopefully, we'll be wiser, and I hope that you know we'll learn enough from this pandemic that maybe it will be the last pandemic that ever hits humanity like this. Maybe that'll be the great silver lining in this. They'll look back a hundred years from now, and say, remember the last big pandemic was in 2020. And that was the last one, and humans woke up and made sure it never happened again. That's what wow. I'm hoping.
0: I, I sure hope so. And I, I know I feel very much more reassured after hearing your words. So little did you know, John, this is also a therapy session for, for me <laughs> that we were having today on air. For anyone just joining us you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg means business here on Sirius XM business radio. We're speaking with John Mackey, founder and CEO of whole foods and author of new book, conscious leadership. John, you talk so much in the book about leading with love. Can you describe a little bit about what you mean?
1: Well, I really, that's one of my favorite chapters in the book. I spent a lot of time on it personally. Uh, And uh, yeah, first of all, love is not something we use in the corporate world. It's, it's, I call it, it's in the corporate closet. Um, And it's primarily because of the way people think about business, which is through hyper competitive um, uh, mental models, hyper competitive um, um, metaphors, like Business is war, and we use war metaphors all the time. We're gonna, we're gonna kill the kill the competitor. We're let's go into the war room. Let's figure out our campaign. Let's uh, uh, uh let's go motivate the troops. Uh, it's it's very war metaphors are quite common in business, as are Darwinian metaphors of survival of the fittest. Um, um, it's this is a jungle out there. And it's kill or kill, be killed. It's only the paranoid survive. Or they're sports metaphors, where only one can win. Everybody else is losers. And uh, business is not about one winner and a lot of losers. That's the wrong metaphor. It's really, it's really about creating value for other people, value for customers, value for employees, value for suppliers, value for investors. So, love is one of the most human things we can do, Randy. It's what it might even be what defines us best as humans. And to to not have it in the workplace is stupid. It's mm-hmm. foolish. It's one reason people don't stay in a workplace longer. One reason loyalty is not great. We need to be able to bring our whole self into the workplace. We need and you know I've been doing it. Whole Foods is a culture of love. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush. We are a culture of love. There's no question about it. So you can do it. And you know it's one reason I've been doing it for 42 years. It's the main reason I'm doing it for 42 years now is love. I just I've all these people that I've, I've created and built a business with, the things we've gone through together, the shared adventure, the shared struggles and overcoming challenges together, it really bonds people together. It's about the relationships. I feel certain that when people get to the end of their lives, very few of them are on their deathbeds thinking, you know, I wish I'd worked harder. <laughs> I wish I'd made more money. Yeah. I think it's about relationships always. I wish I hadn't said that to him. I, I really regret that relationship. We had that fight and I never asked for forgiveness and made up. And love is what defines us. Love is what matters at the end. Love is the meaning of life. I'm very confident in saying that love is the meaning of life. And it needs to be in our corporations because it's it's wrongly maligned as weakness. It is not weak. Love is incredibly strong. Love is what holds people together. It's what makes us comrades. It's what It's what... It's, it's the glue that um, people rally around. And to withhold love from your business is so foolish. And it's really pretty easy to begin to release it. At Whole Foods, we end all of our meetings with appreciations. Appreciations is a gateway into releasing love into the corporate environment. We just end our meetings with appreciations. And, and when you do an authentic appreciation, you cannot help but open your heart and love will flow out of it. And it's very hard to stay in judgment of someone who's actually just told you pretty much how great you are and how much they love you. <laughs> and so it brings people together and it's easy to do. And if you got nothing else out of this, of this conversation today, except try doing appreciations at the end of your meetings, you would find them to be sort of um, almost miraculous in what they can do. And by the way, you and I share a board yes. school, and there's a tremendous amount of love in that corporation as well they, that is a corporation that, uh, uh, has a fun, loving environment in my, in our, my experience. And I'm sure that probably for your experience as well.
0: For sure. Well, I, I, I'm like so moved right now, John, I want to, I'm like John for president 2024 or like the church of John Mackey. Like, I don't know what it is. I want, I'm like, I'm going to apply for a job at Whole Foods tomorrow. That's so. this is, uh, um, I, I, I know that your words really inspire me. And um, honestly, John, that was one of the reasons that I joined the board of The Motley Fool was to, you know, to have you as a friend and a mentor. So it's really a That's
1: one of the reasons I'm staying on the board is because of you.
0: <laughs> well, see, this is it. we're having a culture of love right here on the show. Exactly. exactly.
1: Um, it's appreciating each other.
0: For sure. I, so what do you think makes a good leader and what do you think are some common mistakes that leaders are making, especially maybe right now when everyone's remote and, and working over Zoom um, that we can think about in our daily lives?
1: You know, I'm always a little uncomfortable talking about what other leaders, mistakes other leaders are making. It's I'm much more comfortable talking about mistakes I might be making. Um, I will say that one thing and that our book is geared towards, our book is geared towards pretty much inner development. And love is a skill. It's not just an emotion. It's a sk- it's a set of skills actually that we can develop. And integrity is something that you develop. You you're a you're a mother, you have young children. Children are they're just naturally little liars. As soon as they learn how to talk, they learn how to begin to try to deceive their parents. They don't yep. want to get in trouble. They they don't want to be punished, so they start making stuff up, and uh, and then they get away with it a lot of times because they fool their parents. We have to learn integrity. So business leaders in particular tend to be very focused on we're doers. If we're business people, we're doers. We've got a every day we've got a to do list. We've got a set of appointments. There are things we check off. We got to get things done, done, done. We're very busy, and we're very exterior focused. The conscious leader is that, but it also, the conscious leader, she or he, is working on developing themselves in their interior part of their being. They're learning how to lead with love. They are practicing integrity. They are learning how to find win-win-win solutions. They are thinking long-term. They're learning how to revitalize themselves. They're continuously learning and growing. These are all skills that we need to practice. And even though we have these busy lives, we're out doing things all the time. We have to take the time to do the renewal, to do the inner development. And the mistake that many leaders are making in COVID, but in normal times as well, we're so focused on getting our tasks done that we don't spend enough time being quiet and self-reflection, being conscious of what's going on inside of ourselves, taking better care of ourselves. Um, I find it interesting in COVID times that, I've seen two basic strategies to this disease. One is to move into fear and uh, and try to hide out. And oftentimes, in, when you when you when you distance yourself from everyone, you become very lonely. You become depressed, um, and then you may not even be taking good care of yourself. Then you may your eating, your exercise patterns, your rest, your stress, all that stuff may get messed up. Um, the other alternative is to say, "Okay, COVID is a great challenge. I'm going to make myself as healthy as possible. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to make sure I, I I manage stress well and, and I meditate, or and I get enough rest at night. I get enough sleep. I'm going to make sure that I'm not taking too many toxins that are poisoning me. Um, I'm going to make sure that uh, I get exercise every day. Um, we 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 either we're either contracting." into fear or expanding into love. So the mistake people making is contracting into fear. And when we're under stress like COVID, it's so easy to contract into fear when we should be doing exactly the opposite, expanding into love. And you have to be conscious enough to realize when we're afraid, we look for a safe place. In reality, there is no ultimately safe place, particularly with a virus which spreads like the wind, we should be we should be careful and we should certainly take care of our most vulnerable people but we should also not give in to fear. We need to expand back into love, recognize our importance of service to others and to um, to act in a caring, loving way because we have to set a good example to other people.
0: For sure. I, John Mackey, this has been such a wonderful uh, opportunity to speak to you. Your book is incredible. I hope everyone goes out and, and buys Conscious Leadership. Um, In our final moments together, I'm just curious, what does success look like for you another five, 10 years from now?
1: I mean, for me, it's always been about following my heart. And I've been doing that. I mean, I made a decision at a very young age to just follow my heart. I got really clear about the finality of death and the reality of death that um, nobody gets out of here alive. So I just said, you know, life's short. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to follow my passions. I'm going to follow my heart. Life is a grand adventure and we should see it that way. And so I'm not sure what I'll be doing five or 10 years from now, but I'll be following my heart. I'll be on my next adventure, whatever that might be. And I'll be doing it with all with passion and care and love. That's all I know for sure.
0: I know you will. I look forward to when we can be in a room together. And uh, um, John Mackey, founder, and CEO of Whole Foods, author of Conscious Leadership, where can people connect with you and, and learn more about your book?
1: Well, they can they can purchase that book at Whole Foods, which it's right now on sale, uh, or you can get it at Amazon or any probably any major bookseller in the US.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, John. Stay safe, stay sane, more importantly, and, and thanks for all the inspiring words today.
1: Thanks so much, Randy. I look forward to seeing you in person as well. You take care.
0: You were just listening to a conversation I had with John Mackey, founder and CEO of Whole Foods. Prior to that, we were joined by Army veteran-turned-tech entrepreneur Blake Hall and WNBA star Candice Parker. Thank you all so much for tuning in today and to all the veterans out there. Thank you for your service and sacrifice and happy Veterans Day. I'm Randy Zuckerberg. You've been listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio, SiriusXM XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights Podcast on iTunes and Google Play.